Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smeichel, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. Tell it before it gets told. Crisis communication strategies are critical for leaders. If ever there were a time when a leader's messaging skills matter, it's now. It's really now. Whether you're looking for tools to message about the current pandemic and its impact on your workforce, whether you are looking for tools to message about your business closing, whether you're looking for tools to talk about the pivotal junctures in your business, it's important to think about how best to communicate with employees and other stakeholders. Knowing how to craft and deliver communication is a critical, critical leadership skill. It can be developed and it gets stronger with practice. We're going to use this podcast to review seven techniques that will enable you to become more confident and competent at messaging. The first technique is articulate intended action steps. When a crisis is looming or right in your face, people are looking to leaders for calm, well-developed approaches to resolution. Your conversation about the upcoming actions should identify the ways in which you will maintain continuity, the continuity essential for keeping the business viable. Be prepared to discuss your position, which is, of course, the organization's position. Be certain that your action steps include how you will protect, as much as possible, stakeholders. This includes employees, customers, clients, shareholders, uh, board members. Consider a broad range of stakeholders and let them know that their interests will be protected. I think it's wise to give some information about who's on the crisis management team and what they're going to be doing. Letting stakeholders know that you've assembled a team and don't have the hero or martyr complex will go a long way in building confidence in the organization's ability to withstand the storm. I'm not suggesting that you get into the minutiae. I'm suggesting that it be obvious that you have a well-reasoned, rational plan. You'll need to make it clear that the plan isn't carved in stone. It's fluid. It has contingencies. Because dialogue is so very important, allow questions so that stakeholders know that their concerns are being heard. Second, I want you to remember the human element. Leaders who can message well during crisis typically put people first. They acknowledge and honor the human element. They take the time to address the emotional elements that impact people, their performance, and their productivity. They intentionally use language that's calming. 
They assume good intent and do not address people in an adversarial or defensive manner. They work to understand the needs, the positions, and the interests of human beings. One of the goals of focusing on the people is to help keep them in community. You want to keep them connected with you, with each other, and with the organization. As you focus on the human element, bring them back to the mission, the vision, the values, and the goals of the organization. Remind them of how valuable each of their contributions is in the organization's history and in its future. The third point I want to cover is that spin wears thin. Spin wears thin. People are listening for substantive, straightforward messages during crises. They want to know that their leaders have the spine to deliver the facts. Crises are not the time to practice your ability to sugarcoat or put a shiny veneer on the communication. I'm not saying that transparency should be absolute. It's a tool that should be used with care. The trick is to modulate between giving a direct, candid message and providing too much information. I want to share an example of a small healthcare organization where 10 employees, both direct care and administrative, contracted the coronavirus. The leaders didn't report this to the employees, to the regulators, or to the public. They should have constructed a message that acknowledged the outbreak. While it would have been transparent, completely transparent, to state that at least 300 people had come in contact with the employees during the time that they were showing symptoms, that information about the 300 people may be too much transparency. Divulging that much information creates more panic and doesn't serve anyone well. Yes, there's a responsibility to contact the 300 people, but there is no responsibility to tell the world about the 300 people. So we want to be sure that we're delivering information that can be verified and that's important and that we're delivering information to the people who need it the most. The direct, candid approach verifies the facts that need to be known. It doesn't share more information than is required. It also doesn't interject any guesses. This approach assumes that the listeners are discerning and respects their intelligence. Number four, if you mess up, fess up. Have the humility to admit your mistakes. The hero complex is not useful in crises. Frankly, it's just not useful. People respect leaders who can be straight about their mistakes and their errors. In crises, there are going to be mistakes. There are going to be missteps. Be prepared to quickly acknowledge yours and those of your leadership team. Now, don't dwell on them. Clearly identify the corrective actions that you've taken, 
address the questions that come up, and then move on. Dwelling on the mistakes is not useful. Rather, acknowledge them, have limited, structured dialogue, and then articulate the next steps. Don't be afraid to apologize. Don't be afraid to show some vulnerability. If your mistake had consequences, address them. I'm not suggesting that you admit liability. I am suggesting that you own your mistakes and the results. This humility is a sign of integrity, of character, and of conscience. The fifth point I want to stress is we've got to deliver candor with compassion. We're closing our doors. We care. We know that your lives are forever changed. That's the type of candid, compassionate communication required in catastrophic times. It acknowledges the reality of the situation, acknowledges the human impact, and does not leave any uncertainty about what is coming. This direct approach, it demonstrates a respect for the employees and it keeps the leader in a positive position as a straight shooter. Equally important, share what's unknown. What I mean is if you're facing a merger, layoffs, a transfer of ownership, and don't know all of the details, it's wise to say that. I'm not saying divulge confidential information or information that's on a non-disclosure agreement. I'm saying address the whispers, the rumors that are going around. What does that communication look like? It's clearly stating that there are negotiations pending, that elements of the negotiations are confidential, and that details will be communicated as they become available. This lets employees know that you're sharing as much as you possibly can, that you're concerned about quelling their angst, and that you're not hiding information. Using candor with compassion also acknowledges the unspoken, the awkward, the elephants in the room. It eliminates the mystery and provides as much clarity as possible. Moving on to number six, use scheduled updates. Create platforms for keeping all stakeholders up to date on what's going on. If you can possibly communicate face-to-face, do that. In these times, so much information has to be delivered virtually and using some social media. Use the virtual tools to your advantage. They provide an avenue to stay connected. As I mentioned before, dialogue's important. Make sure you use your updates to answer questions and invite suggestions. Don't assume that your approach is necessarily the best. As you keep the dialogue going, you'll undoubtedly hear new ideas, new approaches, and gain new insights. The goal of scheduled updates is that it keeps the mystery and the wonder out of the process. I've also noticed that when there's a vacuum in information, people fill it in with whatever's in their heads. This raises concerns and heightens insecurity. 
Don't create that vacuum by failing to communicate regularly. The last point, the seventh point, test the message before you deliver it. You know, we're all well-intentioned when we craft communication. And however good it sounds in our heads, it may not sound that good to the recipient. It may not actually communicate the message that we intend. I can tell you this about myself. I am very direct. And that directness can be viewed as blunt and uncaring. When I have important messages to deliver, I bounce them off of trusted confidants who can help me soften it. They can help me consider it differently. They care enough about me to tell me the truth and provide good feedback so that my compassion can become evident in my messaging. Find people who will listen to your message and critique it honestly. I work hard to get people who have different worldviews and different perspectives to read or listen to my communication before I send it. Now, I'm not telling you that I take a survey and whittle it down to a weak, noncommittal message. I am telling you that I listen and consider other perspectives and other ways of interpreting the message. Use feedback to enhance what you're trying to convey. It's especially helpful to jot down the comments, come back to the message, and see which elements you feel need to be changed. Make sure that you wind up with a message that's consistent with your core beliefs, diplomatically says what you intend to say, and reflects the wise counsel that you gathered from your trusted advisors. It's time to wrap this one up. So as we conclude, there are a couple of points that I want to stress. While it's imperative to deliver skillful, compelling messages during crises, this is a critical time that leaders need to develop and build their toolkits. Yeah, you've got to build this toolkit, and it's wisest to build it before the crisis. Having this skill enhances credibility, it builds confidence in you, the leader, and it creates more trusting relationships. Mastering these communication skills takes practice and patience. Employing the seven techniques will enable you to get your message across in a thoughtful and deliberate manner. You tell it before it gets told. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope that you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe to get more relevant leadership learning. Check out my YouTube channel to stay prepared for leading in an ever-evolving world. Thank you.